that's what we want to do. Right, well, Mari McDonald, thank you very much for uh, being in this little uh, chit chat. Uh, how are you today? I'm very well, actually. I'm very tired because I've been working very hard in the garden today, oh, uh, which is very unusual. So, What have you been doing in the garden? Uh, pruning the Buddleia, oh. um, painting the garden table, and planting acorns. Planting acorns? We, we had this thing, it was our harvest festival on Sunday at church, and um, we were exhorted to go out and collect tree seeds and plant them and nurture them. And then we have to bring them along next harvest, all our little trees, and then we'll try and find somewhere like a Woodland Trust Wood or Heart of England Forest to plant them. Well, and it's sort how, of a mixture of harvest and climate change. So that's what much, we're all doing. How much will your acorns have grown? Uh, they'll probably be about six inches tall. That's amazing. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. I've also pinched two tiny tiny holly seedlings from a, a friend two doors up the road so I've, I've transplanted those as well so I may have a little forest of my own. How lovely! I know it's such a lovely idea. Isn't you know? it? Yeah. Now who, this is the only bit of wisdom I shall be able to impart over the next few minutes but there is a, it's reminded me of that lovely quote, I actually used it with somebody the other day because I want to get some tree planted in my garden and I can't for the life of me find anybody who can do it. And uh, I'm so feeble at this advanced age that I can't do it myself, you know. Oh, God, no, I can't. Um, no. But anyway, there's a really lovely saying that I used with somebody. Oh, yeah, because he, he was, oh, yes, Kira said, why don't you just get little ones and put them in the, put them in the, in the ground? And I said, well, oh, because this is lovely saying that, 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 that oh, God, I don't know whether I'll get it right. Uh, definition, of, definition of wisdom or peace, I forget which of this, is uh, somebody who plants a tree knowing they will never get to sit under its shade. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's what happened with all the great estates when Capability Brown got his hands on them. I mean, they weren't planted as fully grown oak trees. They were saplings and they knew that in 200 years they'd be fabulous. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's, it's good. I love, I love the custom of quite often people plant a tree when there's a new child in the family. Oh, yes. Um, and, and, you know, they have that. Oh, I think that's brilliant. So trees, yeah. trees are great. Trees they are. I've got, where I live, just just beyond my fence, I've got two, because I live in a new, a relatively newest, well, it is a newest stage, it's two years old, but there are two giant oak trees. Oh, fabulous. And I was amazed that when the fella came over, when I did manage to get one chap to come over and have a look at, have a look at um, the, the plot and to see whether he, he could do the job, <laughs> I never saw him again. But... Um, <laughs> I said, how old do you think those oak trees are? Expecting him to say, you know, like 300 years old. He said, oh, they're probably only about 70 years old. Those are really and they they're grow, huge. They grow quite fast. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah. But, anyway. Well, I love so, trees. Yes. Yeah. No, it's very important, isn't it? It's very important. It's very important. Now, Mari, um, let's chat a bit about the Wills project. Um, uh, part of the purpose of this podcast really is that is that is to lay down something for like a fine wine, I suppose, really about which I know absolutely nothing, nor do I drink. Um, but um, what in the future, uh, somebody may find this and think, oh, crikey, that's interesting. So what are what is this very interesting project that, that you've been involved with? That I've only seen glimpses of on Facebook 
what you so what 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 are you what are you doing, Mari? What we've done um, is just been published under the auspices of the Dugdale Society. And in 2002 and three, the Dugdale Society published two volumes of Stratford inventories um, prior to 1700. And I, for a long time, thought that was the one wrong way round and it should have been wills first because that's what the inventories are produced for. So seven years ago, it's a very long time, uh, I put forward to the Dogdale Society a proposal to produce uh, an edition of Stratford Wills that would parallel the inventory volumes. Um, and then we decided that, in fact, instead of starting in 1538, which were the previous ones, we'd go back and find the earliest Stratford Wills we could. Wow. Um, and after a year, I brought on board um, a friend who is who was doing her PhD on female wills in that period. And so she and I together have identified 522 wills. Good Lord. Uh, for Stratford. That's astonishing. And you were saying just before we start, we kicked our press record about the, the, the earliest one. Yeah, well, the earliest one is 1348. Um, and that is the will of John de Stratford who was Archbishop of Canterbury, incredibly no important man. He was an incredibly important man in the reign of um, Edward III. He was regent, he was chancellor, you name it. Um, but he had his origins in Stratford. Um, and he left lots and lots of generous bequests, but he did remember Stratford. So um, he left money to the chantry of um, Thomas a Beckett in the church which had been established by his brother um, and he left beautiful vestments and things to the church and all that sort of stuff so he was the earliest one that had a distinct Stratford connection if you like. Um, but how has that survived over all these years? Uh, well the Canterbury keeps the important wills obviously I mean, an archbishop would be important and his uh -huh, will yeah. would be kept. Um, it was all in Latin, so I had fun translating that. How uh, did you translate that? Then? Do you speak Latin? With difficulty. Oh, you can? Uh, no, I, I, I can read Latin um, and with some help. And then I got um, a distinguished um, classicist to double check it. But I got most of it right, so that was quite fun. What? Uh, so you've had to do a very... These wills weren't just in Stratford for you to find. You've had to go. Oh Lord, no! They, they, they're in various places. Um, important people had their wills proved in what was known as the Prerogative Court of Canterbury, uh, which was the ultimate ecclesiastical court. Right. Um, and normally, you had your will proved there if you had property in more than one diocese. Normally, what does, the it, will... what does it mean having a will proved? Uh, well, as you do with probate now, uh, ah. it, has to, it has to be taken and probate has to be granted before the terms of the will can be fulfilled. And right. that always happened. Uh, and normally you would have had your will proved in the local bishop's court, which would be Worcester. Mm -hmm. um, if you were important and wealthy, you had your will proved at well, it wasn't in Canterbury. The, the court was actually in London, but that's too complicated. You had right. your... But there's a third element in Stratford because Stratford it had what was known as the peculiar jurisdiction, 
which <laughs> meant that for two years out of three, the vicar had the powers to prove wills. Two years out of three? Yeah, every third year. In, the Vicar of Stratford. Oh. Um, and so we've got wills that are approved in Stratford as well. So there were three places to find wills. Uh, but he was jolly. He, I presume it would be. He, he was a jolly powerful uh, individual in that sense. Oh, the, the, the Vicar of Stratford was a very important man because, of course, I mean, you look at the size of Stratford Church. It's not an average parish church. No, it's a no. very, very important church. Um, so, so we had fun tracking them down. Um, so, uh, what uh, did you then have to scour, as I say, the, the, like the whole country and internationally to get them? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, fortunately, thanks to the internet, um, uh, you can search. I mean, all the prerogative Court of Canterbury wills are at the National Archives, and they've all been digitised, so you can download uh, uh, them. Uh, Worcester wills have been microfilmed. Um, so you can go to Worcester and get copies of those. And then in Stratford, we have originals. Um, so we took photographs of the originals and then worked on them. Um, well, this is a very pretty major piece of uh, historical research, isn't it, really? Not yes, it is. I'm not, being, I'm not going to be modest about it. It is incredibly important because um, it gives you the voices. People didn't ordinary people in the main didn't write letters and if they did they haven't survived so the only really personal document you have for many people is their will mm. um now obviously some of them you know they've got somebody writing it down and it will have been put in formal language some people are just sort of saying not you know she can have my best apron uh, he can have two cows and She's going to have the better pot, but, you know, the son can have three pots. I mean, it's all of that personal stuff. And you then know, wouldn't these things have been, when you talk about the animals and, 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 the, and the possessions there, would, would they not have been incredibly important, though, wouldn't they? That, that would have been a likelihood, an animal would have been a likelihood. They were. I mean, we talk about nowadays, it's what they, they talk about material culture, and mm -hmm. it's the objects. This is a period when people begin to possess more things. And you say this is a period. Are you talking now about the 14th century? Well, we're talking period. about 15th to 17th, which is when they're mainly covered. So you'll find wills and everyday people. The, the majority of the wills date from 1465 to 1699. Right. right uh, so you've right. got a period of sort of 250 years. And throughout this period, people are acquiring more possessions and placing more value emotionally and financially on them so people yeah. leave items to people and of course yeah. you know those things are worth having i mean it's like somebody yeah. leaving me the le creuset cas um, casserole you know i wouldn't <laughs> buy le creuset casserole but i wouldn't say no to getting one no, but act, but uh, this is uh, apropos of nothing. But I, I, mm, if you were given a Le Creuset set by somebody who died, oh, I'd want to use it. Oh, I, no, I wouldn't have any problems. Would wouldn't you? have any problems. I'd appreciate the gift and get on with it. Clothes? That, what if you were left clothes? Would you? Well, I mean, clothes were were valuable items. People oh. wouldn't wouldn't worry about those. Um, Am I speaking from a modern sensibility? Yeah, of a I know we don't have that. I mean, there's a lovely, there's one lovely woman who 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 leaves 
I can't remember who too, but it's her gown that has been pulled to pieces. So it's obviously been dismantled to be refurbished. So she's giving it to somebody to make it up together again. Right, right, right. So, it's the so heirlooms were terribly practical then. It wasn't a case of, you know, nothing my got, best clock. Nothing was wasted. Who knows? They, they didn't, if they had, if they had a friend and they didn't perhaps have much money, but they had a very nice embroidered handkerchief or they had a scarlet petticoat. I'm talking about women, but there are men who are leaving their best doublets and their, their fine woolen hose to people uh, because they knew that they would be valued because, you know, uh, a lot of people couldn't afford them on a throwaway basis. They had to last. So to get an, another pair of things was, was brilliant. Yeah. And a matter of life or death, I suppose, in some respects, because if you, you know, heating was such a, I know from my little bit of, you know, guiding at Holdscroft that, that, yeah. that, 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 that things like water and heating are, as now, of course, but have, any, have, a, have a, a life, a knife edge, life or death uh, value, oh, yeah. um, as they do now. But, yeah. but if your heating breaks down, you can almost certainly, you know, call somebody in the next week, perhaps. But if you run out of fuel, yeah. in those days you had it and so you need your clothing to it's life yeah, or death yeah i mean it, it they're all very very important and you get wonderful link of, of family family relationships you know i mean people were well not all the time but you know there were remarriage was quite common you know if somebody was widowed or or a widower they would remarry and so oh. you get all the family networks you have stepchildren and all the the problem is that they tend to use the same terminology. So they talk about um, cousin, who could just be a good friend. Right. Uh, nephew could be anyone of a younger generation. Um, a father-in-law was probably a stepfather. So you have to be careful, but you can unravel them all uh, and work them all out. So you covered the historical period that you just mentioned there, that, that, that covers enormous changes in oh. uh, in british and european history history yeah did you might did you could you see the tides of change you revolution? Could, I mean, the main tides uh, times of change are obviously religious mm. and all the wills up to the 1450s the everybody commends their their soul to God in one way or another. That's a sort of a given. Um, mm. And in, in the Middle Ages, up to the Reformation, it's always to God the Virgin and all the company of saints. You know, there's wow. almost formulaic. You begin to get a change then. So people are commending their soul to God, trusting, right. you know, to be saved. And then and by when the does that change come about? Right? Is that broadly, you know, late Henry VIII or something? Sorry? Well, That's yeah, it's after the Reformation, you know, Reformation. More, more with Edward. Uh, but he, he was stronger on that front. Edward was well, a much his, stronger... All people were. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's yeah. caught. Or yeah, but, but no, he, he even wrote things himself that you can see he was quite a, a prig, not to put too fine a point on. But wasn't he terribly young, Edward, was he? Oh, yeah, I think, oh, I can't remember exactly. He was 15 or 16 when he died. He was nine, I think, when he came to the throne. I mean, he obviously had people around him. Um, but you can see that, you know, it's getting more um, trusting in the mercy of, of God and Christ rather than in the intercession of 
the Virgin and Saints. And by the time you get to the um, post-civil, well, during and after the Civil War period, when the Puritans are really in, in control, uh, it just gets longer and longer to be resurrected to immortal life and joyous ah. life in heaven. And you, There's one man whose commendation is 23 lines. Really? Mm. So, because yes, he wants to make double sure of... Oh, he was, he was making double sure that God was going to hear him and look after him when he went. So wow. you see those sort of trends. You don't see much else. There's, there's no, no real references in any other way that would pick up on the, on the politics. It is pretty much uh, that. But you can... How interesting. Yeah, but you can... Being my own will, I haven't made any commendation to the good Lord, and that you, makes me think perhaps I should. They won't let you now. I... I mean, I try to put things in my will and it's got to be... Modern wills are the most boring things in the world. And they don't have legal force, I gather, either. Well, not if you're executive. Well, I mean, it was the same with wills in this period. I mean, if your executive then chose to ignore it, then nobody was going to hold him to account. But I was trying to put something in about where I wanted to be buried and the solicitor said, there's no point. Uh, it, it doesn't have any force. Yes. do a letter of intent. Yes. So, they tend to be very boring nowadays. But in those days, what are we talking about? This is a profound legal significance, I'm suspecting. Well, yeah, because, I mean, people were not going in the main to ignore a will because they felt it was... Don't forget, wills were the province of the church until the 19th century. Right. So right. The, whole, the whole soul is in peril if they don't do what the testator asked. Right. Um, so would you have to go to a cleric to get your... Well, that's why you had to go to the bishop um, or to, the, well, the bishop's court or to the, or to the, uh, the vicar in Stratford. That's why you, he would hold, uh, I can't remember how, how often he held it, but there was a, 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 you know, he would hold a session where people would bring their wills and they would be registered um, and then they were official. So uh, one imagines that you had to be reasonably well off to do this process. Well, strangely enough, it, it, it doesn't appear to be. There are people who have got very, very little to leave. We've got people in the almshouses, huh. uh, pe people who literally just have a couple of pots of pan, but they, sort of, they still feel that they want to make a will. Uh, obviously it would cost them so they they yeah. had to have just enough money to to pay the scribe to you know to write the will but no it's not just the that's what makes these so fascinating it's not yes. just the will to, well to do in fact the well to do tend to be less interesting because they're only concerned about passing the land down it's the it's the middle and lower class yeah. dealing yeah. with things and could you get any sense of you know, personality or yeah, works or... You, you can. I mean, my least favourite will and my least favourite testator is a man called Thomas Coombe, who made his will in 1656. Um, his will is 11,000 words long. Wow. Yeah. Most of that is boring repetition. Um, but one of the things he does is he leaves money... Um, for charitable works but it includes money to pay for gowns for arms people 
every year and it will have the large letters TC on it and they have to wear them. And you just think, yeah, don't like this man. It's all huh. about him. Huh. Um, and he just doesn't come over as a particularly nice man. He's obviously had a falling out with his brother right. uh, at the end. And, and he, I don't know. I mean, it may just be that I spent nearly three weeks transcribing the will that I went off him. But um, And can you see them changed because of, you know, people being scratched out because they've... Uh... They've uh, fallen out of favour. Well, you, you get codicils. Um, ah. There's a lovely one, my, my favourite, and I'd love to know what happened. There was a man called William Linden uh, who was, had married a widow with sons, and he got on very well with his stepsons, but he and his wife had no children of their own. So when okay. he's dying, he wants his property um, to descend, obviously, in his family. So he's leaving most of it to his nephew who is also called William Linden. Um, but he makes very generous provision for his widow and for his stepsons. Um, and he makes a will and that's all well and good. And then two years later, there is a, a codicil added to the, uh, to the will. And he, um, I'm just going to try and quickly find it because it's just... Well, I was going to ask you if you could read something from... Yeah, well, this... Well, this this codicil is very good. Um, since the making of my said will, I, finding him, the said William Linden, my kinsman, to be very deceitful and unfaithful, he then goes on to give more money to his widow and his stepsons. But he's still got that obsession with keeping it in the family because he still makes the un deceitful and unfaithful William Linden his so his residuary legatee and executor. I would love to know what he'd done because about ten years later, the younger William William Lyndon makes his will, and he's obviously very well to do and very respectable. So what happened there? I do not know. But well, now his... side part of that, uh, Mari, if I may, because uh, is just just I'll solve a little. Uh, perhaps with your great knowledge, you can solve this issue for me when I get asked this question at. Uh, at Hall's Croft, because uh, we haven't mentioned Shakespeare, but which is the obvious, uh, whose will pretty much everybody uh, has heard of. Um, but it's fascinating that, and perhaps we'll come back to this that in our final minutes, about, because what you've done, it seems to me, is to give voice to people who have a connection with this town. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be ungrateful to the Shakespeare legacy, I'm absolutely not. But it does have a tendency that's all anybody ever thinks about. And, and um, uh, the, the, the richness and diversity and so on of yes. the past is yeah. lessened because of his, the brightness of his that's son. It. And th this, is, this is why we loved doing this, because suddenly it put, it put him in context. And he, he's just one of 522. Yes. He's, he isn't anything special in the context of this book. Um, and you look at all the others and you see people leaving their second best beds and their third best kettle and all of that. Yes, there are mm. queries about it, but mm. he's just one among many. And at the time, that's all he was. Well, one here's the sidebar many. question then, because people ask me, people, when I'm doing the, 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 my little pause around uh, Horsecroft, which could, Lord, we ought to say oh. in passing for the record, yeah. you know, our hearts go out to our friends at the Shakespeare Birthplace oh, Trust. Do they 
they've lost dozens of jobs over the last uh, it's it's been tragic yes almost everybody i know at uh horscroft has gone so but I'm trying to cheer myself up. Um, when when um, people say to me, uh, they ask this very, very awkward questions, very interesting questions, but because I have very limited knowledge, I don't really know. But so there's, for, for, so for example, when uh, when um, Shakespeare died, he left, of course, what he left, and he left most of the stuff to his to his to his daughters. Yeah. And then, uh, but Anne Hathaway and. His, well, Anne Shakespeare, well. she uh, is left in New Place. Yeah. But am I right that she didn't, that it was his daughters who owned New Place and she was there? Well, was so it- Susanna essentially inherited the house. But again... Is that normal then? Yes. That the wife wouldn't... You find quite often. I mean, some, it's unusual in that it's not specified. But in the Middle Ages particularly, and we don't know what custom was in Stratford, um, a wife was entitled to a third of her husband's lands and property for life or remarriage. How far back was that the case? Well, that's, I mean, that goes back. But I mean, it's, it's, it's valid in the 15th and six, early 16th century. Right. Um, it was changing. It was a lot of it was local custom. And you find people in their wills specifically leaving their wives the best chamber above the hall with all the furniture and the share of a garden and the share of the outbuildings. Um, so it's not uncommon for, for the widow to stay in the family home. Uh, it's almost certainly the norm in most cases. So she, it wasn't unusual therefore for her. So uh, there's, there's no point trying to reinterpret as people tend to, the second best bear means their body had a falling out. She was a, virtually a tenant at the, at, the, at the good, there out of the goodwill of, her, of, of um, Hall, because Hall inherited um, um, new place essentially, didn't he? As, uh, well, as, as, as Susanna, of, it was Susanna who inherited it. Uh, but obviously, he, he didn't leave it to Susanna and John. He left it to Susanna. Uh, yes. Obviously, she was married to John. In fact, John yes. has very little mention at all in the will. Uh, now, you can read into it what you like, I think. Yes. I mean, that's yeah. the problem. We don't know. But yeah. it would not be unusual for a, a, a widow to live in the same house as her son or her daughter. That's now, I wondered whether, and this is pure speculation, whether it was the, it was uh, tended to be the custom that way because the, this is, you know, I suppose I'm talking from a very woke um, modern perspective, <laughs> that, 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 that the male, um, the male writer of the will would be frightened of his property being left entirely to his wife, who may then subsequently marry, and the property would then pass completely out of his name no that's what happens they they very rarely if they are leaving everything to their wife it's usually until sometimes it's for for their natural life and then it reverts back to the male line Uh or it's for life or until remarriage so uh, very very rarely does a wife inherit substantial property entirely without strings right Um, right Usually it's, um, you can have this house and all the contents for her life and then they go to the daughters or the son or she can have it until she remarries and then when she remarries she probably gets a sum of money in lieu. 
Now, uh, we're reaching the final five minutes now, Mari, because I don't know about these things, but because, but you know, I, I have a sense that that um, uh, that people people um, well. I imagine, I'm not flattering myself, Mari, I don't think there's going to be more than two people listening to, to our <laughs> podcast, but that doesn't matter. These, these are little, I, I just... Somebody I might pick them up. You never know. I, would never have, I wouldn't have had this chat with you in this depth about this subject without right. this process. So I, it's of great value to me. Nobody, nobody else. It's enjoyable. And I don't want to sound too much like a sort of radio host, but <laughs> what's the name of the book again, Mari, just in case <laughs> the listeners... And there are two of them. Well, it's called Stratford upon Avon Wills, thirteen forty-eight to seventeen oh one, and it's available from the Dugdale Society. And you have to go to the Dugdale Society website. Just Google Dugdale Society. No, I'll put a link. I can put a link in oh, well, the episode description. So if you right. send me that stuff over, yeah, I'll the website and everything, all yeah. the details. I'll put a link in the website in case anybody wants to follow it up, you know. Right, and they can get it from the secretary. I certainly will. Thank you. I, I, no pun intended. I, no, I, no. I, I, I know, I know. Because I like, I suppose like, like, I mean, I've not been in Stratford, oh, right, well, I suppose I've been in this area since 1993 or four, I think, which is good. Lord, I haven't even counted the years, but the, but I, I imagine, have you been here longer than that, Mari, in this area? I, I moved to Stratford in 1975. So yes, is the answer. You have been here a little longer than I have. <laughs> yes, yes. So I, think, well, I feel a great, I feel a growing and deep sense of gratitude to this area because it's, it's as far as I can say, there's no finer place on the planet than where we are. Um, but a real, you know, particularly when I do these tours, I'm so uh, conscious of the, how little I know of the place in which I live, really. I'm, I'm lucky. I spent my working career, once I came yes. to Stratford, working in the local archives. Yes. So, Stratford history is what I know. Yes. Uh, I'm not a Shakespearean at all. Um, but it, 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 there is so much. And what I find interesting, actually, I tend to assume, like you, that a lot of Stratfordians don't know much about it. But I'm on a Facebook group called uh, Stratford Then On Now. And the information that gets put on there and wow. the photographs that go up on there, it's absolutely wonderful it, um mm -hmm. I, I love going on there and sometimes you can point people in a direction or something but in the main they're often giving you new stuff uh, obviously more recent say the past 50 years or so but it's still fascinating i shall certainly we'll put a put a link into that as well well i mean i can probably remember it. shakespeare then and now i'll put that in there. Then and now. Yeah. join it because yeah. I don't know whether, I think it's also an age thing, you know, I don't know whether I've told you, but I have reached the age of 60 now, and I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's like a sort of, it's a harvest time in one's oh. life, I think, where you sort of look around at what you can reap and see what it may be, what value it may. I reached three, four and ten this year, so I'm not bothered. <laughs> Youth. I, look, I look like your dad in these uh, in these shots here. You look so terribly young, Mari. That's that's, <laughs> that's very kind, <I>, Graham. <laughs> what on earth vitamins are you on, madam? <laughs>
Mainly alcohol, I think. <laughs> oh, right. Well, uh, it's possible no. to do edits. No, uh, no. But, uh, so, yes, and uh, uh, gosh, we must do another one at some point, Murray, because there's so much else to talk about. It's just great. So, it's just great. Yeah. so will you come back on my little show at some point? I'd be delighted. Thank Perhaps you. That's when you've done a bit of street pastoring and we can talk about the... Uh, if we well, ever if we ever get going on that again with the training, I mean, it's... it's uh... It's a bit worrying. And now that it's for, just for the record uh, today, because um, I don't know when I may listen to this again on my dear daughter or, or somebody, you know, today's the day that uh, Mr. Johnson announced a 10 o'clock curfew, didn't he? So that will bring an end to, well, there's no need for street pastors. Well, past what are they going to do when they get booted out of the pub? Yeah, no, it, it is frustrating. I mean, we had a really good meeting last week, but it's the actual training and just getting up and running again. Uh, but it'll it'll come a bit later. It'll than come in time. time. It'll come in time because it'll they're really sorts of people. And, yeah. uh, no, no. Uh, yeah, anyway. But there's so much else I want to talk to you about because uh, uh, I've scooped up a whole load of knowledge there that I, will, I want to... Uh, I want to do something with, I want to do something. I tried writing a, a little bit about... Um, you could actually get some good plays out of these, you know. Yes, you jolly well could, couldn't you? And it's, uh, other than um, The Herbal Bed. Yeah. I don't know many plays about Stratford, you know. No, well, not, not until you get to the 20th century and you get the Dylan and Mary after the Queen, there aren't really any about Stratford in the 16th or 17th no, century. I mean, that's, that's what I meant. Well, I think that's yeah. what I meant. But, yeah, but, no, but, no. But yes, the, that, that period. Yeah. Because, I suppose, I don't know why, but, 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 but um, you know, inevitably, the, the beautiful gravity of uh, William Shakespeare mm. is both um, churlish to resist and hard to resist. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But, but there's so much. Like, for example, when I did, when, you know, the lovely people that work at Hallscroft, um, and I must actually do a little, into one of these chats with um, Andrew, you know, uh, Jeremy or Andrew. Or, yeah. Or yeah. Somebody, because the stuff they know, for example, about the, 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 the origin, which you will know a lot more about, I don't, but it's discovered it, the origin of college, is it College Lane that's opposite? Uh, that uh, college a, Street, yeah, yeah, all about terrible that. training yeah. Yeah. college there. Yeah, it was a, it was a college of priests, college priests attached to the church. Right. Uh, right. And the building stood until 1799. Did it? And was that, did that go with the dissolution? Uh, well, it was in private hands after the dissolution. In fact, it right. went William Coombe. Uh, brother of John Coombe of Stratford of Shakespeare fame, William Coombe owned it, and then it passed through various hands. But it was a big, beautiful house, um, and then the owner in 1799 demolished it, um, and it got sold off in the early 18th, 19th century for building plots and streets. It was originally on the sale particulars. College Street was originally going to be Abbey Street. Really. Mm. So there was a t an intention to uh, upscale. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, why not? I suppose. Yeah, I'm a good yeah, they, uh, Who knows? It may have been. It, 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 uh, well, 
whatever. Now, so my final question, which is going to be very difficult for you to answer, I think, and it would be if anyone asked me this, what is the most, what are one of the most tantalizing things, maybe something you've already said, that you've read that made you think, oh, I've got to know more about that. I mean, you mentioned a few things, actually, things we'd love to find out a little bit more about this or this or this. Was there anything that made you go, oh, my Lord, I didn't, that's that's weird, or I didn't know that at all, or I feel pretty much it, every page you turned, there was that. It's, but main, it's mainly the family relationships um, that get you intrigued. And I mean, I mentioned, uh, when you were talking about wives and second husbands, um, and there's a classic example um, again in the 17th century of um, a man called John Court who died and left a widow Grace and she remarried a man called Christopher Pargeter and then 25 years later her son John Court is making his will and clearly Grace's marriage has gone hideously wrong uh, because he leaves her um, the room, the bed, and all the furniture in a chamber above the hall in, in the house for her life, and her husband is to have nothing to do with it. Mm. Further down the will, he tells his brother, who is getting the bulk of the property, that he is to clothe, board, and lodge his mother for as long as she wants. Mm. And if she doesn't want to live with the brother William, she's to get £10 a year, but it's going to be given it to her in such a way that she cannot be harmed by her unkind husband. Wow. So she separated. Wow. And I would love to know what's been, and I mean, that's been going on. I mean, she married him, she married him within two years of being widowed. So she's been married for over 20 years to this man. Wow. Um, something's gone wrong. And this, yeah. oh, it's all these little tantalizing yeah. little glimpses you get change. Yeah. Oh, absolutely except of course in those days they they couldn't you know they were stuck they could start, but that was it <sighs> oh new topic there yeah what do you realize from Murray, what what so, is, is, so, so you pop those links over and i'll put them on the yeah. thing and i well there, there it is you see this is the the, the people I try to you've got to look for the upsides of these things the, the 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 virus contagion which is sweeping the town yeah again you know it mirrors it previous and of course it is dwarfed by yeah happily yeah there's no competitive competition in uh, macabre outcomes but, but luckily, we are nowhere near as bad as, we, as, as it was when the last very made. Uh, though I don't know how the, I, I, one imagines the 1918. Oh, the pandemic, yeah. the flu. Yeah, 1990. That must have been yeah, horrific. Yeah. yeah. Then, of course, the plague. But um, when was the last time churches were closed in Stratford before this period? I don't know. Never. I, would, I don't I would even know. I doubt Never. we were even closed. I mean, they wouldn't have been closed during the war because there was no threat of no. assembling. Uh, no. I, not even, I don't even know if they were closed during the, the pandemic in 1919. I don't see Ref Reformation, would, they, would it have been when it changed hands? They wouldn't have been closed. They just carried on. You know, it was sort of not quite the, the king is dead, long, long live the king. But, you know, the, the vicars were either replaced or changed turned their coats and just carried on and they brought in the new prayer book and that carried on with that 
I'm not sure, actually. I, mean, I would like to guess never, actually. No, probably not. Never. I mean, at least we're, we're now back in again, thankfully, but we're only doing yeah. it once a fortnight. Yes. But only 30 people, is it, you're allowed in? Uh, I think it is, yeah. Um, we're, we're probably okay. I mean, you know, that's probably about our number anyway. So we, we, we... And no singing now, Mari. I don't uh, want to <laughs> learn that you've been we arrested. Had, we had harvest on Sunday and uh, everyone had their masks on, but you could hear this sort of little hum while the hymns were being played on the screen, you know. And you could tell it was, it was a quite <laughs> Come, you thankful people come behind their masks. Like paper and comb. <laughs> yes. It was lovely. We were all droning away quietly. A holy buzzing yes. through the uh, Yeah, through the masks. It was all right, cool. my friend. I'm going to press stop now. So thank you very much. Right. Uh, Mario, for, for having a chat with me. <laughs>